0: And welcome to St. Paul Baptist Church, where we are convincing the unconvinced to be convinced and make disciples as we connect, lift, and inspire you. I'm Reverend Kelly Baptist, and we are so excited to have you connect with us in our Power Pack TNT study experience. You can engage with our Digi ministers via the chat space in each of our online worship platforms. Let's study and grow together as Dr. Robert Scott, our pastor, takes us deeper into the Word. And be sure to stay tuned after study for more information on what's happening with St. Paul.
1: Good afternoon. We greet you in Jesus' joy. Good evening, we greet you in Jesus' joy. Uh, As we come to you right now to uh, start our continued study on Philippians chapter 1, we want to look at verses 20 through 23. Before we get started though, I would like to lead us in a word of prayer as we sense and seek what it is that God would like to do as far as our time together is concerned. and Then we will read the scripture and go through uh dealing with that so let's go to the lord in prayer god we come to you right now and we thank you for the wonderful opportunity to be able to study your word to be able to learn more about you to take the principles that are demonstrated in philippians and apply it to our lives show yourself mighty and strong oh god and You, the master teacher, show up in this moment. Teach us your precepts and let your word be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. It's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. All right. We want to look at Philippians chapter 1, verse 20 through 20. uh, Verse 20 through 30, rather. And as we look at this particular rendering this is Paul wrapping up uh, the first chapter of this letter and so what I want to do is I want to go through it I want to highlight some words in this text and um, let's do what I call the dig work uh, before we do the explanation work so in verse 20 it reads according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I will be ashamed but with all boldness and As always, so now also Christ be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. I want you to highlight the word uh, earnest expectation. I want you to highlight the phrase now also Christ will be magnified in my body. And then I want you to circle the words whether by life or by death. Circle the word life and circle the word death. Verse 21, for for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Highlight that whole verse. Verse 22, but if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit. From my labor, I want you to circle the word fruit. Circle the word labor. Yet what, can, what yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell, for I am hard pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Highlight the phrase "having a desire to be, depart and be with Christ." Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. Highlight that whole verse. Verse 25, and being confident, circle the word confident. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith. Highlight the phrase all for your progress and joy of faith. That, you, that you're rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you. If you would highlight the phrase, more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you. As we look at verse 27, it reads, I want you to highlight this phrase. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Highlight that phrase so that whether I come and see you or am absent I may hear of your affairs highlight that phrase I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit circle the words stand fast underline the phrase one spirit With one mind, underline the phrase, one mind. Circle the word striving together for the faith of the gospel and not in any way terrified by your adversaries. Highlight the phrase terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition. Highlight the phrase a proof of perdition. But to you of salvation and that from God, For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. Having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here is in me. Highlight that phrase in verse 30. Highlight all of verse 30. When we look at this particular passage of scripture that i've just read is really talking about what does it look like for you and i to live for the lord what does it look like for you and i to live for the lord and i want to say that paul was not sure whether he was going to be released from prison or whether he was going to die because of the faith he did know one thing though that he wanted jesus be lifted up or magnified or exalted in his body either way And, and so Paul's expectation and hope was that God would get glory either out of his living or out of his dying that's why Paul when he talks about to my earnest expectation he is really talking about the courage to face death with the proper attitude. He is talking about straining one's neck to see what is ahead. So, Paul is concerned not about what would happen to him, but what's going to be the testimony as far as his life and living is concerned. All right? So, if he was released from jail, he could preach the gospel. But if he died, he would be also advancing the cause of Christ. So, Paul lifts up a very interesting thing that I want to kind of drill down on as far as what we're, we're dealing with right now. And there are three things that I want to lift up. That in verse 20, Paul is really talking about if you're going to do what God will have for you to do, you got to understand that there are some things you got to operate in. First of all, you got to have character, okay? Got to have character. Let me say it again. You got to have character, all right? Um, You got to have character, and Paul was saying, I'm not going to be ashamed of my living for Christ. Paul wanted to live a holy, righteous, Christ-like reality before all people be it in prison, be it in front of the guards, be it in front of dignitaries, be it in front of Jews or Gentiles. He was not going to be ashamed of his relationship with Jesus Christ. You and I should never be ashamed of our relationship with Jesus Christ. So you got to have character. You also got to have courage. Got to have courage. Paul basically is saying, I'm going to let my light shine. I'm not going to be ruled by fear. Um, I'm not going to allow for the expectations of others to dictate what Christ wants me to do. It is rather unfortunate that in 2020, a lot of us are afraid to let people know that we got a relationship with Jesus Christ. So, Paul wanted to please God. That's why he said, So, also now, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. All right. Paul brings before us character, courage, and then being Christ like. He wanted people to look at him and see that he was a follower of Jesus. He was very intentional about making Jesus Christ the center of his life, the center of his personhood, the center of his work, the center of his ministry. He wanted to reflect Jesus also in his death and dying. Okay. So he wanted to live for Christ. He also wanted to die for Christ. Let me say it again. He wanted to live for Jesus he also wanted to die for Jesus. All right. So whether in living or dying. He wanted God. To be glorified. Now. This is why Paul. In verse 21 talks about. For to me to live is Christ. And to die. Is gain. That's where he picks up. On talking about how I want to glorify. Christ Jesus. He knew. He That when it came to life, Jesus Christ is the essence of his life. If he was martyred, Christ would be glorified because the gospel would move forth. However, if he stayed alive, he still had more work to do. All right, Paul benefit. Paul himself would benefit for the death would result in his being with Christ. That's why he said to die is gain. All right. So when it comes to death and dying, Paul never talked about death in negative tones. All of us sooner or later will die if Christ tarries as far as his return is concerned. All of us sooner or later will give up the ghost. But to be in Christ means that you and I have a different perspective or a different way of viewing death. Dying in Christ is not a burden, but a blessing. And when a believer dies, the believer does not die in the sense of total death, but the believer is basically resting from his or her labor in this world alright so let's, let's focus on this word for a moment die or death okay there are three types of death the first one is a physical death that's the death of your body that is when the spirit leaves your body that's when your body is shut down mentally Physically Organically uh, That's when breath leaves your body That's when the mind no longer functions It is physical death Death of the body But there's also spiritual death Okay Now you could be alive physically And dead spiritually Because if you don't have Jesus Christ in your life, you are dead spiritually. And spiritual death is our separation from God because of sin. The big view of sin. The sin that Adam and Eve committed in the Garden of Eden that caused human separation from God. Okay, So physical death, death of the body, spiritual death, separation from God because of sin, But then there's also, watch this, a second death. Huh? Here's the second death. The second death is eternal separation from God, which is hell. All right? That's the death that persons who don't believe experience on the day of judgment. It's the second death, the eternal separation. From God So Paul is saying I'm going to experience A physical death But because I've been born again I don't experience the spiritual death Because I was once dead And now I am alive Because of the spirit And now because I'm alive Because of the spirit I don't have to worry about The second death Or eternal separation from God Okay Okay So let's look at verse 22 as we continue to move through this because Paul uh, is trying to really unpack what it means to either live or to die. Notice he says, but if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell. hear that frustration? He knew if he'd go on living, that he would still be able to produce fruit from his labor, that God would bless his work. God would use him as God had used him in the past. Yet Paul saying, if I had a choice on either living or dying i really don't know what to do but then paul also said it really ain't up to me all right What well, paul wants us to understand is that god is ultimately in charge of life and death not us okay if god wants paul to stay alive paul will continue to work for jesus Paul was willing to do whatever God wanted him to do. If Paul died, it meant that Paul's assignment was up. Therefore, because Paul understood that God was ultimately in control, the enemy could not have him sitting up in prison worrying about what was going to happen to him. This was Paul's valley of the shadow of death. And so Paul did not allow for the enemy to get him off track. All right. Now, let's talk about what his personal desire is. His personal desire really was to be with Jesus. All right? His personal desire was to be able to bask in the glory of God forever and ever. This means he would be released from persecution, from suffering, from hardships. That, that's his personal desire desire let's look at verse 23 for i'm hard pressed between the two having the desire to depart and be with christ which is far better okay paul wanted to die and go be with jesus because he had this this suspense that kept him kind of deadlocked in the sense of what God was going to do. If he remained alive, he continued the ministry. If he was going to die, he was going to be in the presence of God. Paul was not afraid to die because he knew this world was not his home. He knew that earth was a temporary place. That's why the songwriter said, I'm just a, a pilgrim traveling through this barren land. You and I must understand that this world is not our home. Okay? And the main reason that Paul wanted to go to heaven was to be in the very presence of God. Paul wasn't like so many of us. You hear folks at funerals talking about, I want my mansion in the sky. I want to see the pearly gates. I want to walk on the streets of gold. I want to go see mama. I want to go see daddy. No, Paul wanted to be in the presence of God. That's why he said, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. But then he also knew that if he remained, God had a purpose for him. Okay. He understood that if he stayed here on earth, that God had a purpose for him. All right. Personal desire, I want to be with Christ, but if the Lord lets me remain, then it's because God has a purpose for him. That's why he said, needless to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. In other words, Paul is saying, it doesn't do me any good to stay with you. It does you good that I remain. Let me say it again. Paul is saying, it doesn't do do me any good that I stay with you, but it does you good That I remain, because if I remain, then that means that I got more things that I need to do with you. He had a duty to perform. He had more letters to write. He had more souls to win to Jesus. So here's what I want to impress upon you. That as the Lord allows for you to remain alive, keep your mind focused on your assignment. Maintain your commitment to your calling. Pursue the purpose that God has for you. Don't become deterred by the craziness or the chaos of the culture. If you know what God has called you to do, you've been open to what God wants to do as far as your life is concerned, stay on target. stay on your assignment remain connected to your calling okay let's continue to unfold this because when we look at verse 25 it says and being confident of this i know that i shall remain and continue with you for all with you all for your progress and joy of faith and watch this. Paul knew God left him around for a reason. It was to help the Philippians develop their faith. Okay? So Paul had the confidence because Paul knew he was still needed. Paul knew that God had extended his life for a particular purpose. God, Paul knew the calling that God had placed upon his life. So when you have confidence, God allows for you to continue. Your, your, your confidence and your continuance are to help you to fulfill the calling that God has placed upon your life. Okay? Do you know why God has left you alive? Do you know what your purpose is? All right? When you know why God has left you alive, when you know what your purpose is, it'll give you confidence, And it will allow for you to continue as far as your calling is concerned. This confidence of his release appears to have come to Paul. He knew that by his release and return to them that they would continue to grow in their faith. Okay. Okay. Look at verse 25. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith. Progress and joy of faith. That as you progress in your spiritual development, you will get joy. Along the way What Paul wants us to understand is Every day won't be sunny He didn't say you were going to be Happy every day but he did say You will have joy Okay That you will have joy And this Is picked up in verse 26 When it says that your rejoicing For me may be more Abundant in Jesus Christ By my coming to you again so Paul wants us to understand that the rejoicing of the Philippians would overflow and that exulting would be in Christ Jesus who is the real source of our joy because God allowed for him, Paul, to come back to them. So what Paul wants us to understand is that because of the calling that God has placed upon his life, that the works he is doing and that the gospel that he is preaching and teaching to the Philippians will lead them to joy and will lead them to victory and will help them to understand their purpose he also wanted to come see them he wanted to be among the church he remembered the vision that God had given him about coming over to Macedonia he wanted to see his friends like Lydia he wanted to see the saints of Uh, He wanted to witness their spiritual development. He wanted to see all that God was doing in their lives as individuals as well as community. Because I contend that when you are engaging in authentic discipleship, you must change. You will change. You have to change for the better. For the better. Let me say it again, for the better. All right? There's going to be spiritual development in your life. All right? Now, this is where it gets real, real tricky because when we go to verse 27, we will see that Paul really is beginning to give some insight to some issues he has heard about the church and let's look at verse 27 only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or am absent I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel and not in any way terrified by your adversaries which is to them a proof of perdition but to you of salvation and that from god and and that ends that that sentence because seven twenty eight is one sentence So so, so watch this. So you could tell that he has this church on his heart. Paul loved the church at Philippi. I would contend that was probably his favorite church. And, and, And because of where Paul was as far as his life situation was concerned, being in prison, regardless of what would happen to him, whether he was freed or whether he remained, he wanted to honor and glorify Christ. Now notice this word, conduct, let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ, is really a political word which means much more to the Philippian believers. He is literally saying, live as a citizen of the kingdom of God. Live in a way that is worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul is exhorting them to live what they talk, live what they preach, live what they teach. Paul is using this word in this conversation, the word conduct. Let your walk equal your talk. Walk your talk. Real discipleship is a lifestyle as well as a word. Edgar Guest um, has a poem that goes something like, I'd rather see a sermon than to hear one any day. I'd rather one should walk with me than merely tell the way the eyes better pupil and more willing than the ear. Thine counsel is confusing but examples always clear and the best of all preachers are the men who live their creeds for to see good put in action is what everybody needs. People would rather see you walk your talk. Okay? I think it was St. Francis of Assisi, who once said, um, "Preach a sermon, and if you have to, use words." Okay, so you gotta let your conduct match up with your walk. All right, so so let's look at let's look at this and let's pick this apart right? because. What Paul wants us to understand is that our conduct should conform to the gospel. That as you and I hear the gospel, as you and I preach the gospel, as you and I teach the gospel, as you and I are taught the gospel, our lives should be conforming more and more and more to the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. Okay? I think that's what the writer, that's what Paul meant when he wrote in Romans uh, chapter 8, when he says, All things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and who are the called according to his purpose. And as he continues to uh, delineate that particular scripture, He also talks about how you and I are called to conform to the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. And that's where a whole lot of us really miss the boat because we love to quote. We love to quote Romans 828, but we don't want to talk about Romans 829. He talks about those whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of the son, that he might be the firstborn among the brethren. Okay. So, as we grow in Christ, our lives should be looking more and more like Jesus. And and, and you ought to be conforming in such a way that people can tell there's something different about you. Okay? Do, Do you remember when Peter, on the night that Jesus Christ was being humiliated, being marched from judgment hall to judgment hall, Peter stood afar off, watching what was happening to Jesus. And several people would come up to him. This is what led to his denial. People would come up to him and they would say, didn't you walk with him? Aren't you one of his disciples? And he would deny it. But they remembered him being with Jesus. All right, now, check this out. One of those Comment to Peter that really gets me even to this moment he is when somebody came up to him and they said you know he sounds like you yeah he sounds like you okay or you sound like him so so in that vein in that vein one of the things that we got to understand is that when you hang around Jesus, you ought to be picking up his ways. There ought to be something distinct about you that allows for people to know you've been in the master's presence. All right? Okay. Now, also, Paul not only wanted to help them to understand that they ought to have a conduct And that they ought to be looking more and more like Jesus. But he also wanted to kind of take note of how they were growing. Okay? Um, Notice the phrase he says that you stand fast in one spirit and one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, and not in any way terrified by your adversary, which is proof of perdition, but to your salvation and that from God. Paul was aware that there is an issue between two women in the church, uh, Eudea and Sintichi, that he was going to have to address. And so he's kind of beginning to lay out his forthcoming on dealing with them in chapter 4. All right? But there are three things that he wants to hear about this community. First of all, he wants to know that you all are united in the same fight. That you're committed to the cause of Jesus Christ. That you're committed to the preaching and the teaching of the gospel. All right. But he also wants them to be united in spirit. United in spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the one that brings all of us together when we would normally be in conflict. All right. The Holy Spirit puts all of us in the same pot, stirs up like a good soup or a good stew or a good gumbo, and then when the world comes to drink or eat rather from our soup or our gumbo, they will be able to taste and see how good the Lord is because God has stirred up everything by the movement of the Spirit. So when the Spirit is really moving, The Spirit will allow for us to transcend, watch this, race, gender, and socioeconomic status. Race, gender, and class. The Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit unites us, the Holy Spirit helps us To see each other as brothers and sisters. Okay? The Holy Spirit transcends or will allow for us to transcend political divisions conservative, liberal, Republican, Democrat. Okay? The Holy Spirit. All right? The Holy Spirit allows for us to get along where we would normally be in conflict. He also talks about how they ought to be unity or united in their striving. United in their striving or in their contending for the faith. Now that word striving is an athletic term. In other words, you got to be on the same team. You got to be on the same team. And you got to know your role on the team, right? You got to be on the same team. You got to know your role on the team. I saw something last night as I was watching um, the Miami Heat put a whooping on the Boston Celtics um, and going up 3-1. And last night, the hero of the game was one of their players by the name of Tyler Hero. Now, if you know anything about Miami, you know that Miami, their alpha male is Jimmy Butler. And then also, Bam uh, is another great player. All right? So, you know, when you hear about Miami, you really hear about those two players. But Tyler Hero scored 37 points last night. But when Tyler gave his press conference... Tyler said these words and it messed me up. He said, I know it is not my role to come out and score 37 points every night. He said, that's Jimmy's job. That's Bam's doing. He said, however, I'm just called to do what I can to help push the team along and tonight just happened to be my night. But I know that's not what I'm called to do regularly. Now notice, That Jimmy and Bam had to give him space to do that so they could win. Because he had the hot hand that night. Okay? So watch this. Got to be on the same team. Can't let the enemy distract you from your assignment. Because all the devil wants to do is switch the I and the T in United. U-N-I-T-E-D is united. But if you switch the I and the T, it will create the word untied. And basically what the enemy wants to do is switch the T and the I and move us from being united to becoming untied. And if he can make us untied, we'll never accomplish what God will have for us to do. So, so Paul wanted them to get back on track because he had heard that there's friction among the fellowship, particularly with these two sisters, these two women, uh, uh, Eduia and Sintichi. Sometimes you got to wonder, what do folks say about your fellowship? What does folks, what do people say about our church? Do they say it has unity or do they think we are untied? That's something to, to think about. Okay, That's something to think about. I remember something that, that one of my uh, brothers, Dr. D. Darrell Griffin, once said, that whenever you're dealing with dissension in the church, whenever you have folks who want to create commotion and confusion, stir up mess in the church, these words he said that blessed me real good. He said, if you water the good grass, it will eventually choke out the weed. Let me say it again. If you focus on the good, if you focus on the positive, if you focus on the overwhelmingly wonderful people, then eventually they will choke out the dissenters. Okay? All right. Let me move on and wrap up. Because Paul wants us to understand. when we look at verse 28 through verse 30 that this is dangerous work but he tells them don't become afraid of your enemies you got to be brave in order to do this work because you're going to have some people who do not want you to talk about Jesus um When you accept the calling that God has placed upon your life, you're going to have to deal with some storms. If you're serious about following Jesus, you're going to have to deal with folks not liking you. You're going to face persecution. Now, here in America, (laughs) most of us have not faced persecution. We've just faced inconveniences but not persecution. There's a major difference. Many of us, we've just been inconvenienced because we can't go into our churches because of the pandemic. And you have people who are defying those orders across the country and unfortunately, promoting the spread of this pandemic But your inability to not be able to come to a church building and worship is not persecution because the United States government is not telling you not to worship God. They're not making the church go underground. They're saying that because of health reasons, it's not good for us to gather in a setting. But they're not saying you can't worship God. We're just inconvenienced, but we're not being persecuted. But, oh, Christians are being persecuted in China. In China, they don't even want you calling upon the name of Jesus. They're being persecuted in Iran. Christians are being persecuted in Afghanistan. Christians are being persecuted in North Korea. The church is underground. A lot of us here in America aren't dying because we call on the name of Jesus. We're not being run underground because we're calling on the name of Jesus. We're being inconvenienced because of this pandemic, but we're not being persecuted. But persecution does happen for the Christian. And notice what Paul says. Paul says that one day the persecutor will be dealt with. There's a day of reckoning. Remember, Paul used to be a persecutor until the Lord knocked him off his high horse. All right? But then he also wants to remind us that our testimony is rooted in our faithfulness to our calling regardless of the persecution. Okay? So we got to have courage Verse 29, to endure the persecution. For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him but to also suffer for his sake. Paul is saying it is a privilege for us to suffer. The songwriter says, must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No, there's a cross for everyone and there's a cross for me jesus suffered for us and the suffering that we do ain't nothing compared to the suffering jesus went through to redeem us on a hill called calvary so you're gonna struggle you're gonna struggle you gotta live in the midst of opposition you gotta live in the midst of persecution don't be scared or fearful of people who oppose you. Because one day God's going to deal with them. Okay. But then also. Here's what we got to understand. That when you accept Jesus Christ. As your Lord and Savior. You got to expect. Struggle and suffering. It's part for the course. Suffering for Jesus is not. Some. Accidental or divine punishment. Paul wants us to understand it's really, it's really the favor of God on your life. That when we struggle, it is us being reminded that we are doing what God will call for us to do. The enemy ain't going to mess with you if you're not doing anything that goes against his kingdom. But when you start going against the kingdom, of the devil, the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of this world, you're going to struggle. Folks going to come after you. Folks ain't going to like you. But here's why I want you to understand that you got to keep your hand in God's hand because he's writing to the family of faith to let them know, I know what you are going through because I've been where you've been. I am not some academician sitting up in a high tower telling you what struggle look like. No, I have faced it, been there, done that, got the t-shirt and the hat. And the hat does not say make America great again. The hat says live for Jesus. It's a struggle Being called or accepting the call to live for Christ is not one of comfort, but is one of being conformed to the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. And ultimately, that's what this is all about. You and I being conformed to the likeness and image of Jesus Christ. And if Jesus suffered... If Jesus struggled, then you and I are going to have to go through the same thing. But our struggle, our suffering, uh, the craziness that we're dealing with in this age and culture, trust me, God is doing a redemptive, transformative, liberating work in us as well as in the culture. So if you struggle, if you're suffering, my hope is that you will understand that there's a purpose behind it. Do what you can to let God get glory out of it. But God does not want you to just remain in the suffering, but he wants you to work through it so that you come on, on the other side and be what God will have for you to be. I want you to understand that. He does not want you to just soak in the suffering. But he wants you to work through the suffering, work through the struggle to become what God will have for you to be. So he wants us to work through police brutality. He wants us to work through racism. He wants us to work through sexism. He wants us to work through white patriarchy. He wants us to work through white supremacy. He wants us to work through patriarchy. He wants us to work through the craziness of the culture. He wants us to work through through that and struggle through that to become what God will have for us to be as individuals but even more importantly what God will have for his world to be Amen I hope and pray that this has been a blessing to you as far as today's conversation is concerned next week we're going to start on chapter 2 and so I want you to read all of chapter 2 and We look forward to really unpacking this wonderful, awesome rendering in chapter 2. As I close at this particular time, as far as our Bible study is concerned, of course, I miss you all immensely. And God knows I wish that this sanctuary where we usually do Bible study was filled with at least almost the 80 to 100 people that would normally would have been here before the pandemic. But that's not the case right now. However, for all of you who are watching us online, I pray that we are being a blessing to you. And if we are being a blessing to you, I want to ask that you would take consideration to give an offering at this time. Give an offering um, at this time. You could do it online at our church website. You could do it through the app called GiveLify or if you want to send a check or bring cash to the church to put in, call the church and make sure someone is here to receive your offering. Now, if you've lost your job, if you don't have uh, significant income coming in, if you've been laid off, furloughed or whatever, I'm not expecting for you to give. But if you still have some sense of income coming in, I I want those of us who do have income, I want us to bear the infirmity of the week. For those that do not have income, but you want to give, God will bless you out of your point of need and I want to give you a major shout out as far as that's concerned but listen I want to close this word. I want to seal this teaching with prayer uh, as we prepare to leave from this moment of TNT and my prayer is that you all will join us Sunday morning for our Bible study I mean Sunday morning live rather um our sunday morning teachings at nine nine thirty for the women four o'clock for our youth and children and then join us at ten thirty for worship let's go to the lord in prayer god we come and we thank you for this wonderful opportunity and we pray right now god that you seal this teaching Help us to understand how you are through our struggle and suffering conforming us to the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. How you're making a liar out of the enemy. And God, how you send prophets and pastors and teachers and preachers and apostles and evangelists as tools and instruments of your work to lead your church. God, here at the St. Paul Church, continue to make us ever mindful of the redemptive, liberating, transformative work you are doing through the mission and ministry here at St. Paul. Touch all of those who are associated with this church. Bless those who are going through sickness and illness. Be that healing balm right now. God, for this country, that is in such turmoil for the family of Brianna Taylor. God, we as people of color still do not get Any sense of justice in this country. And Lord, I would readily admit we're kind of sick and tired, been sick and tired. And we know you can do anything but fail. But God, sometimes we are really, really angry. And as I pray this prayer, God, I take this moment to say we're angry at the system, we're angry at the racism we're angry at the protectors of the system some of us are even angry with you because we feel like you've let us down and yet you're so big and so sovereign you can even handle me articulating that and we know intuitively you know how to handle this but we also know there's a human responsibility on our part to do what we have to do So, God, empower us to register and vote. Empower us to get counted in the census. Empower us to protest in a way that brings you glory and honor. Empower us, O God, to continue to raise our voices. Empower us, O God, in this struggle. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
0: family thanks for staying with us I'm Reverend Kelly Baptist and here's what's happening with st. Paul in addition to our Wednesday food distribution we have coordinated with the Belmont community and the bulb market and now we host a fresh produce donation or free market each wednesday in the apartment parking lot of the central square apartments from 3 30 to 4 30 pm or whenever they run out the produce is donated from local farmers coordinated through the mobile market called the bulb and this is open to anyone in the belmont community for those who wish to donate towards their produce allocation they do accept cash credit debit and ebt cards The suggested donation is about three items per dollar. Just look for the purple tent in the Central Square apartment parking lot and get you some free produce, y'all, or drop off a donation, okay? Join us Wednesdays for a quick 15 prayer and devotion with Pastor Scott and the St. Paul family. Dial 425-585-7753 to participate. As a reminder, we'd like to encourage you to start connecting to the call around 8 p.m. That way you can talk and chat with the St. Paul family while you wait for the call to start at 8.15. And if you are able to dial in, why not three-way call a friend who's not able to connect?
2: Good day, St. Paul family. My name is Octavius Williams of the Men of Ballet Ministry. I'm here to invite all the men of St. Paul, age 14 through 140, to join us in celebrating Men's Day weekend, September the 26th through the 27th, 2020. Our theme for Men's Day is 2020, a call for accountability, justice, and prayer, scripturally backed by Habakkuk, chapter two, verses two through four. We're asking all the men to join us on September the 26th at 9 a.m. for a virtual prayer breakfast, where we'll discuss issues facing men today and strive together to get closer to Jesus Christ through prayer, good virtual fellowship, and discipleship. Then there's all the virtual fish, grits, and eggs you want to fix and eat. And join us on Sunday the 27th for our annual Men's Day service. Our guest preacher will be Bishop Timothy Clark from First Church of Christ in Columbus, Ohio. Invite your friends and family to join us throughout the weekend as we seek to exalt God and strengthen the bonds of brotherhood.
0: Remember, the deadline for the completion of your census data has been changed to September 30th. Please make sure to be accounted for by this new deadline. Check out census.gov for more details and to be counted.
3: Greetings on behalf of St. Paul Baptist Church and our pastor, Reverend Dr. Robert Charles Scott and the Social Justice Ministry. We want to encourage every eligible voter to get out and exercise your God-given right to vote. We're close to election day, which is on November 3rd. Early voting is between October 15th and October 30th. We're encouraging everyone, if you have not registered to vote, that you can meet with a representative from the Social Justice Ministry outside of the Ray of Hope on Tuesdays from 10 to 1130 and immediately after Sunday service. We're encouraging everyone to go to the polls if possible. Exercise your right to vote at the polls. There is the concern about voter purging or losing votes due to mail system. We're encouraging you, if you're able to, to get out and vote. But if you need to send in your ballot by mail, you have until, uh, excuse me, you have until November 2nd to mail in your ballots. We're encouraging everyone to vote because we know the impact of seeing children at the border taken away from their families. We're encouraging everyone to vote because we know the sting and pain of white supremacy and how it has hindered our communities. We're encouraging you to vote because we know the pain of inadequate housing, healthcare, employment, education. We're encouraging you to vote because we want to eliminate every system of oppression that is hindering all of God's children. Please get out and exercise your God-given right to vote. Thank you for your time.
0: TNT returns on Thursday at noon and at 7 p.m. Pastor Scott will be taking us through a study of the book of Philippians when we continue in TNT starting in September. You can watch from YouTube, the church website, or Facebook. You can even dial in by phone. If you're driving, please don't watch online, I'm just saying. So, grab your Bible and notepads and get ready to get back into study with us Thursday in our power packed Thursday noon or Thursday night teaching. And that's what's going on. Please stay home and safe as we worship together and fellowship together in a variety of socially distant ways. We miss you, I miss you, Pastor misses you, we all miss you. And we look forward to when we will see you again. You can check out the church website or contact the church office if you need more details. Also, make sure to connect with us, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Vimeo, Instagram, and YouTube. This has been your St. Paul News, and until next time, be blessed.